Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Matt Hoss Talks to People He Likes. Today's episode is absolutely wonderful with Margaret Caborn-Smith. We chat about lots of very interesting stuff. So just a note before we start, I just wanted to say that with this episode, we recorded it early April and obviously a lot of stuff has happened since then and uh, we recorded this over the phone. Uh, nowadays I would have done it on Zoom but this was before I figured that out. So the audio is a little different from usual, but it's still a very good and very entertaining podcast. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you soon. Mad Hoss talks to people he likes. Mad Hoss talks to people he likes. Mad Hoss talks to people he likes. And today, he's talking to you. Welcome to the podcast, and today I've got uh, a very special and wonderful guest. It's Margaret Cabon Smith. Hey, how are Hello. you? Oh, hi. I'm really well. I'm having the time of my life. I mean, that's that's one of those things that I'd like to say, and then um, you know, sort of hope that it'll make things a bit more positive. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> it's um, it's kind of like um. A mind over matter thing where you're trying to be like, yeah, exactly. it's all good. Yeah. Like, and yeah, so that everything you do, like every bit of dust and whatever, you're like, yeah, hashtag living my best life. Well, I, I find this quite interesting because, especially as a performer, like when before I started performing, I also often looked up to comedians and they would often have like the time of their lives. But obviously, as a comedian <laughs> now, it's like, oh god, we're all horribly depressed. But like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you see someone like, hello, hello, Cleveland, it's kind of like, it's like, now you're dying on the inside, aren't you, mate? But. <laughs> Well, this is, yeah, this podcast is very much my Hello Cleveland um, today. This is my shot of adrenaline. Because oh. I've realised I sort of am addicted to adrenaline, which, okay. you know, I, I don't do abseiling or, or anything. But, um, I, you know, I really do perform quite a lot, I've realised. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, basically, I've been unbearable to my family. <laughs> so I have to find ways of performing to other people so this is it this is your audience uh, yeah well it's, it's great to have you but I, um, when you said that it kind of sounds like you've set up a theatre in your own like uh, front sure. living room yeah yeah oh I did that years ago Matt, just <laughs> <for this> eventuality <laughs> well that's uh, I think yeah like uh, uh, you know what like a home theatre would be pretty cool like just do Hamlet from your living room would be great yeah 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 we've got I mean we do actually genuinely have a, a couple of tiny theatres one yeah, a magnetic wooden one and a Victorian paper one. Don't all families have that? <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh, I'm speaking. Um, obviously, we're speaking over the phone at the moment. But like, uh, I'm in North Yorkshire at the moment, and and that's like, oh, a paper theatre. That sounds rip pop. You know, <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> paper theatre. Yeah, it sounds good in that. I, I feel like paper we should theater. do. You know, like um. Um, we should do like kind of a, a like a life exchange, like Prince and the Pauper kind of thing. And uh, I think uh, yes. you, you get to come up here, go on to farm, and I'll uh, and I'll have a life of a uh, luxury of a uh, well. You not don't luxury. live on a, on a farm. I do, do genuinely you? live on a farm. No, yeah, I'm, this I'm... is the sort of thing that I can't even really imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I went to university with a friend who um, 
came from a really tiny village. Like she came, uh, she lived in a village called Luston. And when, if you wrote to her in those days when you had to write pre-email, I'm very old, um, you had to write near Leinster. And I'd never heard of Leinster. And I was like, the place you're near, I haven't heard of. This is so confusing. And we'd have these conversations where I'd say to her, um, but you've got a shop, right? And she'd say, no. And I'd be like, but... I mean, you know, a, sh- a shop. You've got a shop. And we just sort of have these conversations where I just couldn't... Like, they had a pub and, I think, a school and a church, but no shop. And she said, oh, they did sell stamps for a bit at the pub. <laughs> when they were and trendy. I just, I, yeah, yeah. But I just can't get my head around it. Like, people who knew when I got to university and I found out people could name different types of Tractors. Oh my, yeah. Like, in all yeah. fairness, that's um, that's for me. I I, I find that, I you know what I've kind of um, I, I kind of live with a slight duality in that because I um, I am originally from uh, the north uh, northeast and uh, I went down to oh, yes. Canterbury to uh, do my university degree and uh, oh. uh, so when. When I went south, all the northerners think uh, all the northerners think I'm quite southern because I come back and I speak yeah. like, proper as I uh, yeah. proper and uh, but then uh, all the southerners think I'm really really northern. So I live in this kind of like outs- I'm constantly an outsider. Like, yes, yeah. Have you ever felt like that? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're like yeah, I did that. It's like no. Nah. No, I deliberately keep myself on the inside of everything. Um, no, I, no, 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 but I do think there's... My, my mum is Canadian, but oh. she moved here when she was 18 mm-hmm. um, and has lived in London, you know, ever since then. Doesn't really have much of an accent. Like, lots of people think she, she she's probably Irish. She looks quite Irish and she has a little bit of a, a lilt sort of thing. But she... I was saying to her, do you... But basically, she doesn't feel... Um, English, but she doesn't really feel Canadian anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think actually, to be fair, London is a slightly, it's slightly its own thing anyway. You know, I sort of feel like people who've lived in London for 10 years do just become Londoners. Yes, yeah. Um, it's its own sort of snobbish thing, really. And I've lived in London all my life. I mean, I went, I went to Norwich uh, <laughs> for, for a university. Weekend, yeah. but <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so were you at the no, university? but you know, Londoners do have a. Oh, I'm, I'm always saying to people, no, no, no. You know that I have the correct accent, right? Because <laughs> you speak English, don't you? And we, and I come from the capital of England, and you speak English, so I'm right. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the the final say on the matter. Didn't they didn't like that in Sheffield, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. Uh, you <laughs> the know techies what? I, hated me. Instead of like. Um, I, I'm being really idiotic here, but it's um, it's like <laughs> RP, which is like uh, uh yeah. But I, I think we should like re- like rebrand it as like Margaret's Margaret's uh, <laughs> uh, yes, Ma- Margaret exactly. Brand. Yeah, and correct, correct uh, Yeah, and <laughs> but um, so um, yeah. In terms of like um, I just wanted to circle back because uh, at the very start of the conversation we talked about adrenaline and being able to talk about. Like where you you like to have those uh, bursts of you want to perform all the time. Uh, have yeah. you always felt like that? And um, yeah, I think uh, well, I'm a middle child um, <laughs> of fairly oh. neglectful parents. No, I mean that's that's harsh, but um, you know, my, I'd say benevolent neglect is, the, is my parents' parenting style. Um, that's that's and, an interesting um, category. <laughs> I mean it with love, um, but I. I was fairly attention-starved um, as a kid, but I was also very 
quiet and weird, which is a you know a difficult combination. Yeah. And um, so I sort of yeah I gradually worked out ways to get attention, and performing is obviously uh, the sort of number one thing to get up to get up on stage in front of large groups of people and make them laugh. Basically, I had um, a, a cousin, a very lovely, funny cousin who's a few years older than me, and he I would often say things very quietly during conversations and i swear he, he didn't hear me but he would then say it mm-hmm. and get a laugh and i just remember thinking oh god i've just really got to, to yeah. try and speak up a bit and have the confidence to say it because obviously actually saying things it's quite scary oh, this is a really stupid thing to say, no, no, it's quite no, scary no, it's saying things you know to yeah. sort of to admit that oh i think this is fun i i think this is good enough to say out loud to a group of people is like that's a rush in itself yeah and i resonate with that especially the idea of being quiet and weird because i think that that was Mm. very much because i was quite a shy kid but also um i when i started growing as like a teenager i was very much like i was certainly very weird and it took me a while to translate that into comedy if you know what i mean like in my first like the first couple of years in comedy were quite bad because i uh i was just being weird on stage i wasn't being funny because uh i I thought they were synonymous (laughs) but they weren't Uh, Yeah, it's really true. We, we have um, in my family, my family, my immediate family motto is "There's nothing wrong with weird," and um, and we, we sort of end up. We have to say it quite a lot because, you know, because my daughter does get called weird, or yeah. she'll say, "Oh God, I'm sorry, that was weird," or whatever. It's like, no, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with weird. You're right; it doesn't always mean funny, but I certainly I dis. I mean, I dislike the. Um, the mistrust we have for weird and the mistrust mm-hmm. we have for clever uh, in this country, yes. particularly. I sort of think, yeah, you should be allowed to be weird and clever. But um, it's true that the thing that makes those things palatable is making them funny. Yes. Oh, that's and a, that is a sort of coping thing, isn't it? I think that's, uh, you've hit the money, uh, hit the nail on the head. I don't know, I've got my <laughs> my metaphors mixed up there. But like, <laughs> Um, you know, it's been like a, I haven't performed for like three weeks now, so I'm very much. This yeah. is like again, this is my only social contact uh, at this point. Uh, yeah. Help line Margaret, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's that rings really true as well because like um, I I I work with uh, a lot of young people at the moment, and uh, there, there are the kids who uh, I can see a lot of myself in, like uh, and they're yeah. kind of weird, but kind of like they're so lovely as people, and and that's not giving myself self fraser but like I think <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. But they, that kid you are lovely. Um, but I can see them a little bit bashful and they don't know quite how to find themselves as well and I just want to get oh just like you want to help them as much as possible and or at least just see how that being weird is a is a really positive thing it gives them a lot of personality yeah. and uh, that, uh, one of my uh, I'm one of my friends as a teacher and they have a kid called Arthur and Arthur he uh, he plays like violin he's really like eccentric and uh, but like mm. in like he gets bullied quite a lot uh, in like year eight because he's um because he's different and um, but I know in like in ten years time he's gonna really thrive and be happy but yeah it's, like, it's just you want to yeah. give him that hope if you know what I mean that just make yeah, it useful. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I know that um you know I, I often try and think, oh, what would I've wanted to hear at that age? Because 
you don't like it's all very well to be told mm. this is going to really pay off in 10 years time or whatever <laughs> but at that stage the weekend is a long way off yeah. you know the idea that you have to wait years for anything is 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 quite painful but you're right that's sort of that's sort of what we've got because um <laughs> because generally loads of kids it's funny my, my little sister um uh, listened to loads of podcasts mm-hmm. and um and she was saying well because the reason that we were talking about this is because somebody said to me oh your son who uh, was three at the time he's going to be a stand-up comedian and I was like oh god oh god no please <laughs> um, <laughs> but um but my little sister said well no she said the one thing I've learned from listening to comedians on podcasts is it's not the confident kids that go on to be yeah. stand-up comedians. <laughs> She's like, I've learnt a lot, and what I've learnt is it's the weirdos. <laughs> it's the quiet weirdos <laughs> who are the victims. They're the ones who are going to yeah. go on to make the world laugh. Because you know? I, I think it kind of elaborates onto what I've uh, we kind of discussed already, because I think we've got something to prove perhaps you know what i mean like uh yeah. if, if you're the confident one like you're very much going to be like uh, you know you haven't got anything but i think performing is like you i've mentioned this before in other podcasts but like um it, it's very much a, a mechanism to fulfill something in your life that you're lacking i think yes when you first started performing was it uh to kind of filling you mentioned like the lack of attention but was it to fill in uh like like uh, was it to fill in any holes or like uh, uh, right to get to get friends? Yeah, yeah, well, that as well, but uh, <laughs> any, any capacity really, like uh, yeah, I suppose because it's not. It, I mean, uh, you know, the it, it's a bit cheap, I suppose, to say oh, it's just to get attention because you can get attention by being a criminal, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which <laughs> you famously it's are. More, <laughs> so famously, cr- yeah, all over crim. Yeah, um, no, what? Um, but you, it, I think that. Yeah, it's creating, isn't it? It's uh, it's finding a way to to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you don't have anything to say, then yeah, then there's no point in in getting up something. Sort of well, you, you sort of discover that if you don't have anything to say, you sort of say, I just, well, I just want some attention. Yeah. You know, you can get some attention by honking a horn. That's not going to last. You need to be able. Yeah, you, you need to express yeah. yourself and find your voice. I suppose is a is a big thing but it's weird because I think that the on-stage persona and I'm sure that um you would agree is that it's a version of yourself but it's not yourself you're mm-hmm. not trying to present your whole self on on stage yeah. mainly because no one's interested in, <laughs> in all of the yeah. the details of everyone's personality because everyone's personality is um full of you know things that contradict each other mm-hmm. the the podcast that I do um do the right thing I sort of uh, one of the re- things I really love about it is that is it's me, but it is a version of me. You know, mm-hmm. I had an argument with uh, a vicar on there about, <laughs> about oh, Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah. And afterwards he said to me, wow, you really c- care about that stuff. And I said, no, I, I'm not really. I just find it funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I actually... Uh, and you sort of, sorry, go on. Yeah, go on. Sorry. You go on, sorry. No, you go on. <laughs> um, I actually um, talking about that episode. I actually know Ravi as well, and because uh, he's That's a comedian, yeah, he's so lovely as well. And uh, yeah, and uh, but and that, uh, actually talking about that episode, it's like that's a great example as well because it's kind of like um, if if it's something like uh, like that or like a. Uh, 
like a, a panel show or like a certain type. Of, well, in, in, also in my comedy as well, like you you argue things for the sake of arguing, don't you? Yes, and exactly. You have to take a position. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, for a, the longest of times, I didn't quite get that because I was trying to be everyone's best friend as well. But like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. like I think uh, I've started to try and put more like a um, yeah contention, uh, not in, not like a alt right kind of way, but like I'm trying to be. <laughs> I uh, in my show, I, I I do like in every part of my show, uh, not every part, like but. Uh, at least one segment of my hour shows uh, has to involve me like screaming at the top of my lungs just because uh, that <laughs> that, ju- that juxtaposition from me being really lovely to me screaming it's, uh, it's re- yeah. really funny uh, yeah uh, yeah exactly uh, yeah, yeah and um upturning upturning that's not a good word but um upending <laughs> yeah uh the, the the whatever you've set up yeah, i remember reading something stephen fry was saying that the worst thing about being famous was that you weren't allowed to complain about things anymore. And he was saying, you know, it, it, before I was famous, if I was in a restaurant and had bad service, I'd absolutely be complaining about it. But now, if you do that, mm, you're, yeah. wow, who does he think he is? That's really fascinating as well. Yeah. Would you ever love to be, like, superstar famous as well? How would you cope with it? No, I'd be very bad at it. <laughs> or actually, maybe I'd be all right at it now yes um but only because it, it's funny because i have friends who are like properly properly famous and um the thing about that is you do see the downsides mm-hmm. for yourself and yeah, i mean not only that but you see that it really doesn't make you happy so it doesn't become a um mm-hmm. you know thing where you're like oh god if i had that then i'd be fine i think the worst the worst thing to be would be really famous and um no longer successful <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my so, god so you're sort of poor and famous it's a really interesting point because you're kind of trapped in that purgatory of like kind of people know you but also you're not yeah. getting any jobs and like uh it's kind yeah of like and a... also people assuming that you must have money and you know whatever so the so the idea that you can't you couldn't then go and work in a in the supermarket or whatever um because it would be unbearable you know you'd have constantly people coming up and uh mocking you and wanting selfies Mm -hmm. or laughing at you and all of that um so something well how do you i mean i suppose this is exactly how reality shows (laughs) are, are are filled up really isn't it as people going oh god well that's that's what I'm left with. Yes. Oh. It's, it's slightly humiliating myself for pennies, you know. <laughs> Which is uh, <laughs> the, the, um, the tagline of my career. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, exactly. I mean, it's all, it's all a bit humiliating, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's it. Because, like, um, I, uh, in the last, like, couple of days, I've been thinking quite a lot about, like, the idea of what you wanted to be when you were younger like mm. you said you set out to perform uh that idea is so much different from uh the reality of it as well like the all yeah. like you, you don't see all the demeaning uh all the all the kind of the stuff you do for cash but not for the love of it if you know what i mean yeah yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. And, um i can't remember if i've spoken to you before about the three k's do you know about the three k's no i don't know it's a uh, cash kicks and kudos mm-hmm Right, so the idea is that every job you do, I mean, ideally you should have two out of three, <laughs> uh, but, but it, for every job you do, there should be at least one of those. So sometimes you'll do something for the money, even though, you know, it won't be that fun and it won't be a stepping stone or whatever, or you'll do something for the sheer love of it or because it's, you know, because it's mm-hmm. fun or, or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that that's, um, that's a good 
it's a, it's a, yeah. it's an interesting mm-hmm. place to start from absolutely I think. and yeah and i think uh if it doesn't bring you happiness or it doesn't bring you cash, why, why bother? Because uh, yeah. especially when you first start, like uh, I did so many open mics and I would travel like three hours each way just to do five minutes to no yeah. one. And uh, yeah. and I would be happy with that. But now I look back, it's like, it's like cost you like 45 quid just to do it. Like, why? Oh, yeah. I know. Well, this is, I've always said this because I do, if I have any regrets, I don't really have any regrets, but I do almost regret not doing stand up proper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, but I would never, and if I was going to do it, I would have done it a long time ago. Mm. Um, and, and to be fair, I sort of did. I was doing the sketch circuit, you know, the yeah. sort of, the, I was in a character double act, but we never went on, you know, beyond London or Edinburgh. But I always said the re- that now, especially, the thought of travelling to Cardiff to die on your arse <laughs> and, and come all the way yeah. home for 20 quid or whatever is just too painful and not only that you have to do it you have to do it there's no getting around it unless you're Ricky Gervais <laughs> just sort of <laughs> going from being uh, yeah. you know have, being very successful in one field and then going oh all right then I'll get stand up again um yeah because you've already got millions <laughs> of, of fans yeah. who are you know come to arenas I you know I feel very strongly that you have to do your time as a stand up you do have to do those horrible yeah. <laughs> open mic and five uh, minutes to, uh, to three people you know and like to get better and that's it and like i think the worst drives in the world it's the drive <laughs> after a gig home and it's three hours long as well it's just like you think about everything yeah. you did wrong for the next three hours yeah it's grim it's yeah grim. yeah yeah i remember one it's drive uh, in glasgow and uh I did a gig with Jenny Godley, and my first, it was, the worst thing is I was getting paid for it as well, and it was like an op, um, opening spot, and I, I, it was my first proper opening spot, I thought, oh yeah, I'll give it a go, I thought I'd stop um, with some like uh, quirky material about Donald Trump, and it didn't go down very well, and I lost confidence, I got a very dry mouth very quickly, I spilled over my oh, water on stage, and just like, and I thought, oh god, I, I, I died, like, the worst death possible. And then yeah. uh, I walked off stage. I was like, oh, God, well, at least uh, it's a tough room. And then the next guy went on, smashed it. I was like, oh, God, I hate myself. <laughs> and was that your very first gig? No, no, that was my, uh, that was, um, in all fairness, I've been doing it for like a year or a year and a half at that point. Right, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's no, I shouldn't have been given the paid slot at that point, but uh, it, it happened. Um, but never mind, uh, it was... Uh, well, do, you think it, do you think it was being paid that... That changed it for you. Do you think you were more nervous because you were yes. being paid or something? Yeah, because it's it, so interesting, isn't it? Yeah, the psychology of it. And I'm not sure. I I don't believe in it, but it certainly seems to be a trend that whenever I I often film myself for um uh, to to especially for previews, I I film all my um my my my, my shows just to look back and like see all the uh, uh just to revise the show and to see what physicality works and what doesn't um but. Whenever sometimes like in certain shows, if I put the filming on just to uh, get for uh, whenever I try to do some promo shots, it always is a bad gig because like uh, I always like I try <laughs> oh I put this onto the internet, but no, it's terrible. No, like, I just did not awful. And yeah. I, I think it must be the idea that the camera is over there. But I always feel yeah, like the of same. Course. But I don't know why I, it's not as good because because I think that um, the live the thing about doing live shows is just that it's it's the idea that the sort of magic. Uh, in in the room, in the sort of, you know, it's just these people in this room experiencing this. And as soon as you're putting it on record, I was the same with the um, 
Uh, because you know that living in the moment thing. Yes. That, and, and that's a huge thing on, on stage. If you're really, really focused on what you're doing and what's actually happening in the room and you're sort of in, contro- in control of the crowd and whatever, it's so, so powerful. And um, you know when things aren't going that well because you start reflecting on things or, oh, yeah. you know, you sort of like go... Because I remember when... Um, uh, when we were doing The Half, which the player did in Edinburgh yes. by Danielle Ward with Anna Crilly uh, a couple of years ago, we recorded one of those. Um, and But I remember thinking, oh, that wasn't as good as I've done it before mm-hmm. while I was on stage. And, and then and then caught myself and thought, no, no, you know, come back, come back to it. Because as soon as you start doing that, that sort of out-of-body experience, the self-consciousness comes in and it's not going to be as good because you're not... And, and obviously, stand-up is a bit different because you're being you. But um, the more you are in the moment, the better it is. And if you're mm-hmm. feeling conscious and there's just that little red light in the corner of the mm-hmm. room yeah. that you know is capturing every... <laughs> you know every frame on your face it's yeah. uh, it's gonna make you more self-conscious absolutely and uh, but i've seen that with massive acts as well i've mm-hmm. seen um i saw flight of the concords oh, um really? it twice in oh yeah i know I've, I've seen them quite a few times but the the ones i saw i saw them in quick succession and i saw one that was being filmed and they were they were more self-conscious you could see that, that you know there was a little riffing bit which i'd seen them do before and uh and they just were a bit more hesitant and it was a bit less you know they were sort of obviously trying to replicate something that had been very very natural mm-hmm. and obviously they're brilliant so you you know yeah sort of barely barely noticeable to the naked eye but um yeah i think it happens to everyone you're in good company, is what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, well, uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, makes, uh, you know what? That you kind of quelled. Uh, to be honest, uh, these are not like current fears, but you definitely make me feel a lot better. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, <laughs> good. Uh, so, uh, what was your first ever like performance as well? Like, uh, did you start off as a as a kid, or like uh, when when did you? What was your first ever performance? I did. I was. Uh, well, I was. I had a heartbreak uh, in my nativity play where oh, I no. was, uh, <laughs> no, only because I was cast as a child, one of the innkeeper's children, you know, not even an important child. Uh, so basically I had a massive, massive class at school. Um, and uh, But actually, the weird thing is um, Caroline Maybe. Do you know Caroline yes, Maybe? Yes, amazing she, Yeah, she played the innkeeper's mother. Not oh. mother, the, the innkeeper's wife. So she was my mother <laughs> in that. <laughs> Uh, and then when we were 10 we um we did the wizard of oz and i was dorothy and she was the the scarecrow and uh yeah we've, we've gone on to try and replicate that <laughs> in, our, <laughs> that in our performing lives yeah um no so that was but that was my first taste of, like obviously being dorothy that is you know that's yes. quite a big thing um that was my first taste of of um yeah, that that sort of el- elation. It's funny. My dad um, did a uh, f- father of the bride speech at my wedding, which was mm-hmm. full of comedians, and he was obviously very nervous. But it went very well, you know. So he's a funny man. And afterwards, he came over, and I could just see that he was <laughs> exhilarated, and he just said to me, "God, I I can see how you could get addicted to that." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I sort of realised, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's an addiction to that. Absolutely. When you performed as a kid, was that something that you're like, yeah, that's what I want to do as a career? Or like- yeah, yeah, it was. 
It was. And I don't, I mean, it's funny because I remember having a conversation with my dad where he was very irritated that I said, well, I've wanted to do this since I was 11 or whatever. And he was like, well, what sort of age is that to make a decision? And it's true. Mm-hmm. It is, it's silly to, you know, but I think it would be silly to do it just because you you know that's sort of part of the story mm-hmm. the story is that I wanted to be it from the age of 11 and, and then I went on and, and did it um but the truth is it's it's really changed over the years and I felt differently about it you know almost from minute to minute yes um but that doesn't mean you know it, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not sticking with it just for the sake of it basically. <laughs> just for <lowering laughs> my relationship name. with it's changed yeah. sorry uh, Joe, yeah, it's. I think that's absolutely right. Like, you, um, you stick with it because it's right in this moment, not necessarily because you're trying to do an homage to the, the the younger self. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly, and 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 also because I'm way past the, um, you know, that that time where you sort of think I'm going to make it big. I'm going to be a a national treasure and and all of that. Um, uh, that's not. That's obviously not my goal anymore. Well, that <laughs> because... is a shame because you are a national treasure. <laughs> obviously, I'm, a, I'm very much a local treasure. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, you sort of think, oh well, you know, more more work would be nice, more money would be nice, more uh, more fame would be nice. Um, but but what I'm doing, I mean, it's funny. We're you know we're in lockdown at the moment. Mm-hmm. I sent a message to a friend yesterday saying what I wouldn't give for a shitty job in a some fringe theatre. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, you know, something I just you, you sort of yeah, you work out what's good about it and what's worth it. It's strange because my parents um, are uh, or were when I was growing up an accountant and a housewife, you know, mm-hmm. in a suburb. It just couldn't have been a more sort of straightforward thing like that. Um, and it is weird that my children are growing up with two actors as parents. Yeah. And it's a compl- it's interesting what you were saying earlier yes. about um, mm. yeah about what you what you see what you what you're growing up with what you, and, and my children certainly see the downside of it you know they see that the, the sort of the stresses and the mm-hmm. the and boredom and the rejection and the having to go away for months at a time and, and all of that it's very different do you think that um do you think it that comes in waves you know what i mean so if you have like parents who are accountants and you are artists and then do you think the kid like is it, is it like, <laughs> yeah. like kind of like having ginger um uh, descendants as well like it comes every like uh, third <laughs> yeah, skips a generation yeah. yeah yeah i think it really probably could yeah i mean because it's not like because my fam- my extended family are reasonably artistic like one of my aunts uh was a dancer and one of my aunts is an artist um, so it's not that it's an entirely, you know, I was going to say one of the Murdochs, but it's one of the, you know, I'm not one of the Murdochs. You're not? Um, oh, no, I'm really not. I know, I keep getting this. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a, you have to be an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor, you know, I don't come from one of those families. So I always felt quite free to do whatever but I'd be interested to see my daughter currently wants to be a journalist oh. and, and my son wants to be what, a racing driver during the day and write books about pirates at night <laughs> um, but um, I said to him well when will you sleep and he said oh the, 
the pirate books are only short. <laughs> so I really <laughs> admire his uh, ambition. Yeah. Um, well, uh, tell him to like, kind of like stay away from my territory because I do race on uh, <laughs> books about uh, pirates. So, you know, uh, don't, don't step on my toes, mate. I'm so sorry, Mike. <laughs> It's okay, we can both be local treasures, it's fine. Um, Yay! Um, but, um, so, I don't, on this podcast I usually chat to comedians, uh, but I don't really necessarily chat to a lot of uh, actors per se, but, like, so, um, and that, uh, not to brag, but I, uh, I have a, a, a theatre degree as well. Oh, oh do you? Well, theatre joint honours for classics, which is a very specific oh, wow. degree. Yeah, very, yeah. very, very unemployable uh, during the corona outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so like in terms of like when you're when you've got a new a role or if you're in a new play, how do you go about uh, f- like researching the role? How do you get into that character? Um, I usually it depends what it is, but um, it's yeah, it's very specific to to what the what the production is. Yeah. Um. So and generally, I'm because I'm. I'm I am a writer as well and I have a lot of respect for um writers. I try to to respect the script. I try to respect the script. Um it's yeah. sound like a wanker. No 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 it's great, uh, but, it's great. But, but basically to try to try and know the script um inside out and to sort of look for all of the, the clues to how to play it and whatever. Um and then, obviously, if there are holes to fill in, like it, it's rare that I have to that I'm playing someone who's that far away from me. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm sort of playing actresses, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the part I, what, what I should be doing literally right now is rehearsing for the uh, new Ian Hislop play called A Bunch of Amateurs. Oh. Um, yeah, where I play uh, a a sort of quite stupid. Um, I don't even know what she does actually. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> but she's sort of uh, obsessed with the Hollywood star that's come to the village to rescue their their amateur theatre. Oh, okay. um, uh, yeah, and so I, you know, I wouldn't. I'll admit, I wouldn't feel the need to do a lot of research mm-hmm. on that no, character. No, no. You know, sort of get the accent right mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, and emphasize. The, and, uh, yeah, it, I think that was, um, in all fairness for me, that's my lack of um, a better of a term because I, I just kind of said research as a broad, uh, um, broad stroke. Yeah. Term, but, uh, no, 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 it's, fa- it's, a f- yeah, it's a fair enough question. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, like uh, I, I remember, especially at uni, like, uh, a lot of, like, um, people would really focus on like doing like Stan's last stuff and like get really mm. into it but like I don't know like I, that was never really clicked for me I think that's really why I prefer stand-up as well because yeah. just go and do it do you know what I mean like just be in that moment yeah and, and yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, well that's sort of it's obviously why I do comedy as well is mm-hmm. because I, it, it's funny I do I, I have realised that my my interest in comedy I um I don't know how I would do a drama. Like I never yeah. get hired to just do dramas, but I was. Th- I did an episode of Holby um, a couple of years ago, and I and I suddenly found myself going. I don't understand what people do when they're not trying to f- make it funny. <laughs> like, I'm so used to. Like, where's the joke? Here? Where is what? Can I, how can I make this funny? Even if it's not a funny line, how yeah. can I make this funnier? And obviously, that's not appropriate on Holby when you're dying of um, a non-specific African <laughs> disease, which I was. 
<laughs> you can't, you know, do do wide eyes at the camera. At the yeah. End of, <laughs> at the end of your line, yeah. they don't like it. They don't like it. Turns out. <laughs> Um, what's the so, deal with african disease <laughs> exactly i mean i guess don't get me wrong there were things that easily could have been funny about <laughs> that dialogue but, uh, <laughs> but i really tried to yeah um, um and, and i suppose so i suppose that and i have done i have done a lot of comedy so i sort of feel like i know you know about the, the technical aspects of, of of performance and comedy <laughs> but also um the stuff that comes out in this is why i forgive myself for not knowing what the what my character does in this uh, <laughs> in this play that i'm no longer doing yeah. um it, i i really love the rehearsal process i really love the sort of getting together with the other people um in in my scenes and mm -hmm. working stuff out together like working out how to make it the funniest and the best it can be. Mm -hmm. I um I did a play at the West Yorkshire Playhouse. Oh, brilliant! Uh, a few years back, yeah. yeah, which I really loved. Um, and the director Ryan McBride, who's just absolutely brilliant, but he would always very generous director. He's incredibly, um, technically adept and detailed and stuff. But he would always start by just getting us all up, you know, getting us up there and saying, right, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And and he would be wanting us to create. And I found myself staying in the rehearsal room more and more and more and sort of sitting next to him and, and firing ideas, because that was a comedy as well, and sort of firing ideas of how to make something funnier. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, just... and have you ever directed? No. No, I've never really had the guts. Um... I don't know. I, I feel like I would always, always want to be up there doing it. I'm not saying never, but um, yes. I I can't imagine getting to a place. Actually, I did. Um, I did direct for a bit. Uh, I have uh, my, my friend Naomi Peterson, who's a, a brilliant comic actress and uh, improviser. Mm -hmm. And she did a one woman show a few years ago. And I couldn't because of childcare and you know other paid work um I had to not do it but we did a couple of sessions together where I was um directing her and I really really loved that um that was yeah something that wasn't a scripted thing in a way it was sort of making a show together so I suppose that was more like being mm -hmm. a collaborator yeah, but um, devising and uh... yeah yeah and just sort of trying to expand on moments and you know coming up with more stuff I uh yeah I really loved it and um, obviously, um, a lot of people might know you from Do the Right Thing as well. Uh, yes. And uh, so how did you get started with Do the Right Thing as well? Well, we, um, Ben, our producer, and Danielle Ward, um, mm -hmm. who I've known for a long time, mm -hmm. um, they both I've known for a long time, and we had just done a, a show together that had gone very badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not not because of any any of us. But uh, but they actually Ben wasn't involved in that show. Anyway, rambling. Um, ben and Danielle came up with this format and decided that they wanted to have two team captains. And we'd just done a show. Michael and I had just been oh. in this show with with Danielle, and we'd really enjoyed the process. And I think that Michael and I, as well as we get on, um, are very different <laughs> in, our, yeah. in our styles. Uh, in in lots of ways and um it, it's funny because actually I, we were invited right from the beginning to be the um to be the team captains but i think that ben uh particularly was was pleasantly surprised at how much it was about that dynamic 
um, that the yeah. show was sort of built on that fun. Like we've had amazing, amazing guests, um, but I, it's almost like we could do it just us. But that's <laughs> that's exactly it because the the guests though crucial they're very they're like add bon- they're, they're nice bonuses as well but i think people um tune in and re- well they they listen to an, another episode and another episode because of the the dynamic yeah. between the three of you yeah it's almost a story isn't it yeah. <laughs> what's, what's yeah. going on in the world of margaret danielle and michael yeah i think that's the best thing about a podcast you get to see that person grow in real time as well uh, yes I, I, it's definitely my favorite thing about i tend to um I, I i listen to a couple of more drama ones but generally i like the the ones where it's it's comics just talking i've recently got into um john robbins and ellis james yes i love it which i started listening to because well i really i, I really recommend um how do you cope Yes. You heard those ones. Yeah. And, and I said, listen to them because I'm, you know, interested in mental health and uh, had some really good guests on. Um, but I really loved it. So I've st- gone back and started listening to their to their podcast. But um, again, and I haven't heard any of their really old ones. But again, I'd say it's their, their dynamic and they're clearly sort of playing versions of themselves. Yes. And there's a real love there and there's a real sort of, um, yeah, sort of knockabout competitiveness what from from john ellis isn't at all competitive and that's what's fun about it but um but yeah i do i really and and also the adam buxton podcast oh my god yes i yeah yeah, but i have to say although i love the more obscure ones where he's more reverential and whatever but i could happily listen to him and louis through or joe cornish just mucking about for days on end I, you know I, it was years ago but the luther episode where they they, they get uh, they drink a lot of energy drinks and just yeah. kind of like the singing sing. like, and yeah. I, that was on my that, that song they sing uh, they it was like on my mind for like two years straight <laughs> yeah, so good. do you know there's um somebody made a little video of them a sort of cartoon versions of them singing it on youtube <gasps> i recommend it <laughs> Well, well, you. Yes, sir. I can yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should, as an homage, we should do that together right now. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh... I don't think it'd be as famous though. So, but... <laughs> yes, sir. I can boogie. I can't even remember that. I, can so, I don't even know the. I don't even know the words. I just know the melody. What's funny on their version is that he just keeps going back to that one line and yes. going, it's good, it's good. <laughs> they never really get any further in the song. Uh, um, well, <laughs> this is getting very self, uh, self-reflexive self now, well, uh, if <laughs> doing impressions of old podcasts. Well, that, that's that's my, my key to fame, really, just impersonate <laughs> other people and then hope for the best. Um, <laughs> bef- uh, we're going to wrap up soon, but is it okay if I ask you some podcast questions? Yes, please do. Okay, uh, uh, so if you had to flat share with any three comedians uh, uh, for the whole of the lockdown, oh. who would you pick? Oh, my God. Right? No, but this is awful because because obviously I have to pick friends. <laughs> well, you can pick, like, people, oh. uh, like... You could, like uh, Maybe I should like, pick people I've never met. Yeah, yeah like, should historical we say people. That? Yeah. yeah, historical, because if I pick three friends and... Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God! But then comedians are awful generally, aren't they? <laughs> See, this, this is—I think 
this is like uh, the sordid nature of my uh, question because you kind of like oh you don't want to pick someone too famous because then they'll be like atrocious to live with you know yes what I mean? well no except right uh, uh, do you know I had a terrible thought I'd live with Billy Connolly but he's probably I mean he's he's always been a handful but in different ways now yes <laughs> <laughs> so I shouldn't pick him um, and I can't pick any of the disgraced ones yeah uh, <laughs> well maybe you should like pick a whole house full of them oh my god amazing right so I'll have Lewis CK <laughs> <laughs> and just just try and school them. No, I mean the thing is that even now I sort of think oh, I wouldn't want to be in a room with Lewis C.K. No, yeah, it's, um, it's so weird. Oh, I, sorry, go on. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. I will go with Victoria Wood, Carolina yes. Hearn, and Joyce Grenfell. How's that? <laughs> no, that's that's pretty banging actually. That's, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I don't. I think. Do you know what? I get the feeling the cooking would be very bad. How so? Maybe jo- well, maybe Joyce Grenfell can cook, but I, I can't, and I doubt Victoria or Caroline would be any good. <laughs> it's just a guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I think Victoria would used to just eat egg, egg on toast every day. <laughs> oh, you can't do that every day. Come on. No. No, even it. I mean, especially in lockdown because there's no eggs to be had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um. This this might not uh, this question might not necessarily work, but when you were on stage, what was the most mundane thing that you've ever thought about? Oh my god, no, it does work. Good, I absolutely good. love that. You know that um, that Little Britain sketch. Do you know the one where David Williams is sort of about to play the piano or halfway through <laughs> yes, playing the yes, piano in a concert yeah. and then say, "Oh, um, I, I, I mean, I I did panto." I did 72 performances in the space of three weeks or something ridiculous Um, it wasn't quite as bad as that but it was some of the things I thought on on stage like the absolute most boring Um, (laughs) so I think it was about what time Wilco closed (laughs) (laughs) I mean actually in that panto I probably could have I, I ended up talking to the audience most of the time uh, I probably just could have asked them, yeah. <laughs> and it would have been in character, even though I was dressed as a mayor pigeon at the, the time. But um, <laughs> yeah, highly illustrious work. Uh, uh, but yes. uh, what is your least uh, what is your least favourite milkshake flavour? Oh God, um, strawberry. Interesting. And, okay. Oh, you see, strawberry. Basically, there was some nasty medicine I had to have as a kid mm-hmm. that was st- strawberry milk flavored okay yeah and so that's one of those one of those ones that i've never been able to recover you know how everyone's got a, an alcohol that we had a terrible experience of yes and can yes, never have yes, it yes. again it's a bit like that oh well, um i uh that's a very good uh, uh description of it as well uh um but you know what like uh, um that's a very mundane question but you always get a very interesting <laughs> result like genuinely yeah <laughs> there you go um so <laughs> Here's one which I think you might, you of all people, have a very good answer for this. Uh, so, um, which Precious is your favourite? Uh, which is your favourite Armitage? Simon Armitage, Richard Armitage, <laughs> or Armitage Shanks? <laughs> um, I will go. Well, do you know? I don't, I don't really know who Richard Armitage is. Who's Richard Armitage? He's, he's an actor. Uh, he played um, the. Uh, he, he played the I main hob, uh, Hobbit dwarf king person. Um, oh, okay. And uh, um, but he did. He's done a few roles, but I'm not very knowledgeable. To be honest, it, I, 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 I googled him, hoping for the best. <laughs> um, I do. Uh, Armitage Shanks was a, a song by the Sultans of Ping, as well. 
before your time, but uh, yeah, yeah, I know it. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, but no, so I'll have to go for Simon Armitage, who I mean, he's he's exactly what we need in these times, isn't he? Yes, he's very, very reassuring. I am. Um, There's a book of his called All Points North, Mm -hmm. which I can really recommend. It's fantastic. Well, um, it's just about being being up north, basically. Oh, being up north. Uh, being up north. I um, yeah. uh, one of my favourite things I've seen Simon Armitage do. I, th- uh, I think I've probably mentioned it before. Uh, but like he um, he did their thing where he can rip, uh, retrace the steps of the Odyssey for BBC, and it's the oh! one, yeah, it's it's a really just a gentle documentary. It's really lovely, and it's one bit where yeah. uh, he's uh, trying to get into the passage uh, of the underworld, and it says, "Okay, I need some honey, uh, some um, like holy water, and some lamb's blood." But we don't have that, so we'll just have more honey. <laughs> just like what a sweet <laughs> man! Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much for for joining me on the podcast. Uh, well, it was an absolute pleasure. And where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me. I mean, I've got an annoying name. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's MK Bourne Smith on Twitter, as I now call it. No, Twitter, uh, did I say in my perfect accent? Uh, <laughs> M, that's M C A B O U R N Smith at Twitter. And do the right thing. Uh, you can just Google that, do the right thing podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't have a website or anything. It's bad, isn't it? Well, you don't need to because like, people just look outside and hear the, the, <laughs> the wind call your name. That is true. It, it, is, it is true, especially in the north as well. Like You're essentially yeah. a queen. I'm yeah. actually, actually going to get, hopefully, this weekend, um, you know, clap. Uh, get people to clap out of their windows for me. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Just... <laughs> Gonna get the clap this weekend. <laughs> either way, either way, I'm yeah. happy. You know, <laughs> some exotic sex <laughs> or, or some applause in the streets. Both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect way to finish. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to Margaret Cable Smith for coming on the podcast. It's an absolute delight to have her on. And if you enjoyed what we do, follow me at Matt Hoss Comedy on Twitter or Matt Hoss Talks if you want to follow more news about this podcast as well. I'm also doing a brand new podcast called Castable. Why don't you check that out at Castable Podcast or give us a follow on iTunes, Spotify, all other places as well. So yeah, hopefully you will see you soon there and also we'll see you next month for more elegant content i had to think about what to say there yeah thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you soon bye